I want to thank everybody for making the time to join the call today. My name is Mike Dames, and I, and I live in a little township called Harrisburg, North Carolina, which is just outside of Charlotte. I've been with AHA Process since 2003, and uh, I present uh, their research across multiple sectors, and I'm, I'm honored to be here this uh, today to talk to you a little bit about uh, Bridges Out of Poverty, Getting Ahead, and the faith community, and how I see that as a perfect partnership. Uh, we're just going to have a conversation here, and uh, if I do a good job by the end of our time together, you'll have a good understanding of uh, our builder's resource model and to hopefully be able to share it and explain it to others. I'm going to provide you with a very broad definition of poverty. We're going to look at some essential resources that uh, add stability to all human life. We're going to talk about, uh, uh, I guess, the most important thing needed in order to transition out of poverty, and that would be the ability to develop and to build resources. And we're going to talk about uh, the curriculum called Getting Ahead that we use for men and women that are in poverty uh, so that they can have this information and uh, begin uh, their journey out of poverty through developing a future story and also a smart plan. I want to start by just breaking down the resource model. When people ask me, well, Mike, what do you do? I describe what I do as uh, having expertise in the area of economic diversity. Our work really is not about race, but it's about economic class. And as we present, we're focusing on three economic classes, individuals that are living in poverty, those that are middle class, and those that are in wealth. I'd like to break this resource model down for you. Our focus is to work across sectors to address the, the root causes of poverty by looking at the, uh, the research, supporting individuals as they begin to build their resources, and helping communities to become sustainable. Now, in the middle of the circle uh, uh, for this mental model, you see the word sustainable community. And a sustainable community is one where all of your citizens, regardless of the economic class, can get their basic needs met. I'm not saying that everyone's going to earn the same income, live in the same size house, drink, uh, drive the same kind of car. But what we are saying is that a sustainable community is where everyone can get basic needs met, food, clothing, shelter, things of that nature. Now, you'll notice that uh, we have a cross-sector from the community uh, participating in this dialogue because no one institution or no one person by themselves can really tackle poverty successful. It really involves having a common language that all of the entities in the community can use to come together to have a productive conversation about poverty. Now, one of the biggest myths around the uh, subject is that if you just give individuals in poverty money, problem solved. But if you look at the 11 resources uh, model, these are essential resources that add stability to all human life. And the more of these resources you have, the more stable uh, your life is most likely going to be. This is a community approach because if you're talking to a person that's in poverty, that's the lens that they're looking through. If you're talking to the institutions in that community, that's the lens they're looking, looking through. And then if you're talking to community leaders and policymakers, uh, in a community, that's the lens that they're looking through. And the first thing that we have to do is to identify our favorite lens, but we have to be open to being able to explore this 
uh, subject matter through all three of these lens. Uh, you see the four root causes of poverty. These four root causes are the individual choices, choices that a person makes, uh, resources is what community conditions means. Exploitation would be things like sex trade, drug trade, uh, pawn shops, liquor store, fast food, rent to own, pay here, ride now. Uh, those are uh, uh, types of businesses that typically set up shops in demographics where you have a high population of individuals in poverty and they present themselves as being convenient. But oftentimes they're over delivering for their products and uh, under delivering for services that are supposed to be rendered. And then the last root cause of poverty, according to the research, are political and economic structures. And these would be our politicians on a local, state, and federal level. We need to have all of these different types of institutions, uh, whether it's education, employers, higher ed, uh, health and healthcare, criminal justice, and then community and nonprofits, which is where the faith sector would fit in at the table with a common language, which is what Bridges provide you with, so that we can have a productive discussion. In our communities, if we're serious about becoming sustainable, we also have to be willing to include all three economic classes in this discussion. The next thing that I would like to do is to provide you with a, a broad, comprehensive definition of poverty. And the one that I like to use is the following. To better understand people in poverty, the definition of poverty will be to the extent in which the individual does without resources. And once again, the resources that I'm talking about, financial resources, emotional resources, cognitive, spiritual, physical, relationships, hidden rules, language, support systems, integrity and trust, and also motivation. And these resources add stability to all human life. The more of them you have, the more stable your life is most likely going to be. If you don't have at least three of those resources, you're pretty much guaranteed to be living in poverty. As we look at these resources again, here are some uh, good working definitions. Financial resources. Do you have enough money to take care of basic needs? Emotional resources. When you're under stress, do you have the ability to use formal register to negotiate through a conflict? Or when you're under stress, do you start cussing, fussing, and breaking stuff up? Uh, mental resources. Can the individual read, write, and do basic math? Spiritual resources. Believing in divine purpose and guidance. Physical resources. Having physical health and mobility. Support systems. When you don't know or when you have a need, do you have reliable people that you can turn to? In relationships and role models with individuals that aren't involved in self-destructive choices, and then knowledge of the hidden rules. When we're working with individuals in poverty using the Getting Ahead format, we've added uh, three more resources. And those three would be integrity and trust, motivation and persistence, and then formal register. You see, integrity and trust is defined as your word. A person is only as good as their word, and it is crucial when you're trying to develop relationships if you want to sustain them that if you give your word, you keep it. Motivation and persistence would be defined as you having the drive and the desire to want to experience something different, 
which is going to require action on your part, developing plans and completing projects, uh, looking for work and making personal uh, lifestyle choices or changes. And then uh, last but not least, knowledge of formal register, which is the language of choice for business and schools. The ability to use formal register to articulate your thoughts is in the critical path when it comes to success at school and work, because this is the language of choice for those two environments. Now, one of the things that we've discovered with Getting Ahead is that what makes the Getting Ahead program different than a lot of the other programs that are out there uh, or the, a lot of the other things that are out there being used uh, to help people that are in poverty get out is that it's not about us telling the individual that they're in poverty or they're middle class or what their problem is and here's the plan that they need to work in order to fix the problem, but we're just simply sharing knowledge. And one of the myths around poverty is that a person is in poverty, either they are dumb or they're lazy, and that's just not true. If you know individuals that are surviving in poverty, they may not have the paper accolades uh, to justify it, but they are extremely intelligent. Because the nature of that environment involves synthesizing large chunks of data rapidly every day, identifying viable options, developing a plan on the fly, and implementing that plan with minimal resources. And in that environment, making the wrong choice could be the difference between your life or your death. So if you know individuals that are surviving in poverty, they are extremely intelligent. And when we are sharing information with them, we need to treat them as such. One of the uh, things that we stress at AHA process through this Bridges Out of Poverty research is that we want to be intentional about building relationships across economic lines, but those relationships are centered around mutual respect. And mutual respect says that I have high expectations for you because I have high expectations for myself. And when I'm in your presence, I'm going to be giving you my A-game, so I'm going to expect you to give me mine. If I have a relationship with you, then second component of mutual respect would be persistence. Every time I see you, I want your A-game, because every time you see me, that's what I'm bringing you. But the third and most vital component of a relationship centered around mutual respect involves being willing to provide the individual who may be a, a, a novice learner with the support and support is nothing more than having knowledge of the right strategy to share with them or strategies to share with this individual so that they can complete any task that you set before them. Now let's talk about the faith community for a moment. Most of us that are believers know that we're tasked by our creator to serve the poor. But what I found in my congregation, and I'm a member of a, a, rich, a, a mixed race mixed social economic class church of over 500 members here in Charlotte. And we do a lot in the community in regards to serving the poor. But I also serve as the, the uh, director of a, a, an arm of our church called Hope Worldwide. And one of our focuses is on meeting the needs of those that are in poverty in our community, but also uh, introducing programs into the community that can help men and women that are in poverty to transition out. So one of the things that we do in getting ahead is that we define these essential resources and then we have the men and women that are in the group uh, to do a resource analysis on themselves. If you've done a good job of defining these resources and then you ask them to rate themselves on a scale of one to, uh, one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest, 
what they end up doing is quantifying their resources so that they can see their strengths and their weaknesses. Now I want to back up just a little bit to talk about how we equip uh, the members of our congregation to have the greatest impact in our communities when we're serving individuals in, po in poverty. And I think in order to do that, that you have to be willing to expose your congregations to the Bridges Out of Poverty research. And what I do in my church is that I offer the Bridges Out of Poverty uh, workshop to my congregation quarterly. And every time I do that, we open it up to anybody in the community that wants to join us as well. What I found is that it's kind of hard to, to have the greatest impact on someone that you're trying to help if you don't really understand their mindset or their culture. And that's one of the bridges of that's one of the beauties of Bridges Out of Poverty and one of the things that it equips us with is that it helps us to understand what we're seeing. One of the things that's stressed in the research is that all people have value, all people should be respected. We also learned that all economic classes have hidden rules and hidden rules are unspoken cues that let you know whether or not uh, uh, the person in front of you is from the same economic class as you. And I truly believe that a lot of the uh, strife and turmoil that we're having in our community today is linked more to a lack of knowledge of uh, one another's hidden rules than it is to race. So we educate our congregation so that they don't end up doing more harm than good when they're out there in the community serving. And from there, we take this Bridges Out of Poverty research and we share it with small groups of men and women that are in, that are living in generational poverty in our communities via this format called Getting Ahead. Now, Getting Ahead if done right can have great impact and it can actually teach those individuals that are going through it how to build those 11 essential resources so that they can stabilize their situation and experience something different than what they're living right now. It's different from a lot of the other training that you may have seen uh, because it's informal. We typically start uh, the session off uh, with a meal. Most of these participants will have children, so you will need volunteers that can serve and uh, uh, drop knowledge on the children while you're working with the parents. There's something about uh, breaking bread with a man or a woman that I think breaks down a lot of barriers. And then from there, you'll notice that they're sitting in a kitchen table type of style where we just have a simple conversation with them similar to the one that I'm having with you right now. It's not us telling them where they are. It's not us telling them what their problem is, but it's us sharing this information with them and recognizing that if they're surviving in poverty, they're extremely intelligent. And what we are seeing is that the, uh, the, the, the participants actually start telling us how they can use this information that we're sharing with them to improve their situations. Uh, from there, in components that last about uh, two to two and a half hours over 15 to 20 sessions, depending on how many, how many modules uh, uh, we offer, we share this information with these participants. Now, I'm an individual who grew up in situational poverty, but transitioned out through uh, having a, a strong support system and people in my life who could teach me the hidden rules of school and work, but also through pursuing higher education. But when people ask me, Mike, 
what do you attribute your ability to transition out of poverty when many of your friends and family did not? I can truthfully respond to that question now after having been exposed to this research by saying that my financial resources were low, but my life was rich in social capital. And also as a result of uh, pursuing higher education, it gave me more choices. One of the things that we talk to individuals that go through getting ahead about is the need to develop resources. And when we take them through the exercise uh, for the slide that you're looking at now where they do a resource analysis on themselves, that kind of gives them a blueprint on where they can start. And we let them decide which one of these resources they want to start building first. One of the uh, strategies that we share with the participants is called uh, developing smart plans. And a smart plan is no, nothing more than a plan that's uh, specific, it's measurable, it's obtainable, it's realistic, and it has a timeline associated with it. We explain to the participants that life is about choices. And if they choose to develop these smart plans and then to act them on, act on them, on a daily basis, then that puts them in a position where they can start moving towards their new future story. We tell them on the front end is that no one can wave the magic wand and to fix your situation if there's no action on your part. But if they are really serious about acting on this uh, plan that they've developed for each of these resources, then it is possible for them and their families to experience something different. At this point in time, what I'd like to do is to uh, open it up to questions as you're typing in questions, it uh, now shows you what participants of Getting Ahead get. Uh, they get to explore and to analyze their present situation. They get to assess their resources. Uh, they begin to start developing future stories. And a future story is nothing more than my life past my present circumstances. Uh, they start figuring out uh, that uh, the changes or, or, or to experience something different requires action and making different choices on their part, and they're off to the races. They start feeling empowered uh, because they're problem solving, and for a lot of them, for the first time in a long time, they feel like they're actually in control of their own lives. They actually begin to start developing concrete plans that are moving them towards economic stability, and they become skillful in using the hidden rules of economic classes to build those resources. Alicia, do we have any questions yet? Yes, there are a few questions. So um, let's start. Missy is asking, Faith Family, are there trainings required for facilitators? Yes. If you are interested in doing this in your community, uh, here are the here are some practicals. If I were you, I would bring in an AHA national consultant to present bridges in your community. And when you do that, you want to invite as many members from the community across the different sectors as possible. The more people in your community that have been exposed to this research, the easier it's going to be for you all to continue that dialogue productively after the national consultant is gone. Um, you would need to get members in your congregation and also people in your community certified as bridges trainers and getting ahead facilitators. And then last but not least, those certified trainers would begin presenting bridges in your community on a regular basis. And you would also start offering the getting ahead classes. So it does require training. 
You become certified as a Bridges trainer. And when you come to the Bridges certification, you can also pick up the certification as a getting ahead facilitator. So let me go to the next question here. Um, it looks like, I think, Mike, you might have already touched on this. Uh, Paul's asking, how do you transition from teaching the Bridges out of poverty material to setting up a getting ahead program? Well, the first thing that you would need to do is that as you look at the, the getting ahead materials, there's a facilitator's guide and a uh, workbook. Uh, we basically talk to you about uh, what type of budget you need to develop in order to do this. Uh, you know, there's infrastructure involved so that you have some place to offer the training. Uh, there's the materials that you need for the facilitator as well as for the participants. We strongly suggest that you offer a meal at the beginning of each session. And what we do is that we offer uh, the Getting Ahead participants, or we recommend that you offer the Getting Ahead participants an incentive in the form of a, a, a gift card. So that at the end of each session, or if you decide that if they successfully complete them, they, they, they get these gift cards at the end of uh, uh, the uh, entire curriculum, then they're kind of compensated for sharing knowledge with the community about uh, poverty and solutions uh, to better serve those in poverty. So I want to say, as far as uh, facilitating goes, you might be a good Bridges Out of Poverty trainer, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a good facilitator. Uh, being able to put your own biases aside and to have and, and having respect for all economic classes and being able to share information without uh, telling is very, very important. The facilitator's job basically is to share the information and to encourage a dialogue and discussion and to allow the participants to investigate and to start seeing or identifying how they can use this research to improve their situations. Okay, Tom asks, um, what are you doing to support the Getting Ahead graduates after the session? Do you set them up with mentors? Uh, what's your process after to continue that, to support them? That's an excellent question. What I recommend that you do is to keep a running tab of all individuals in your congregation and in your community that come to the Bridges Out of Poverty workshop. These individuals uh, may be able to provide you support in, 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 in many different ways. Some may be just offering you money so that you have the money to keep the Getting Ahead classes going. Others may be willing to serve as a mentor for one of the Getting Ahead graduates, and that's very, very important. Uh, providing support for these men and women while they're transitioning out of poverty means linking them to someone that's been exposed to the Bridges Out of Poverty research so that as they're working their new plan and moving towards their new future story, if they hit an obstacle that's uh, new to them, uh, that they have someone that they can touch base with, that they can talk to and ask their questions of. And your job, once again, as a mentor is not to fix them, but your job is to connect them to resources and to uh, break down what they're seeing if this barrier is new to them so that they can navigate it with the skills that they've developed in the Getting Ahead class. 
Great. Okay. Liz asks, we're using the getting ahead already and bridges. Um, how do they make more links to the faith community? Do you have some recommendations um, for that? Yeah. I would start reaching out to them. You know, when I offer it in my community, I always invite uh, other members of the faith community, but I cast a broad net so that I can get uh, individuals from all of these sectors that were represented in the, uh, the builder's resource model at the table. Um, you can send an email, but face-to-face -face contact still has a lot of value so that the person can see who they're dealing with. I think that if you're passionate about it, uh, when you go and talk to them and invite them to come and come to the workshop, or when you start talking to them about getting ahead and asking them if they would consider training their congregation and starting these classes as well, I think that you'll get a, a better return on your investment. Richard asks, do you interview applicants for getting ahead? And if so, what do you how does that interview process look? Yeah, I think that it's important that uh, you don't try to be deceptive uh, with the, the men and women that you're trying to recruit. I would recommend that uh, you build relationships with uh, institutions in your community that are already serving men and women in poverty. Uh, we'll invite them to an orientation and we'll basically explain what uh, getting ahead is. And just a couple simple questions that we ask. Why should we choose you to participate in this program? Usually what I'm looking to hear is something to this effect. Well, nothing else that I've tried seems to work and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. The next question I ask them is that if they go through this program and it helps them and it helps individuals and their family, would they be willing to come back and to co-facilitate another getting ahead class? In other words, are they willing to pay it forward? If the answer is yes to those two questions, then I'd say that you have a motivated individual and they would be a good candidate for getting ahead. Now, I want to be honest with you on the front end. You have to look at the individual's life. If this individual is homeless uh, until they get stable housing, they may be physically present in the class, but they're going to be absent emotionally. If the individual has an addiction issue and they haven't dealt with it and they're still using, I would say that you need to connect them with some type of a, a, a detox program and a rehab program before you would consider bringing them into a getting ahead class. If the individual has a mental illness that is undiagnosed or has been diagnosed and they've been prescribed medication and they've been off of it for a while, you're going to have to stabilize that first before they would be a good candidate for getting ahead. John's question is, our community has developed training on compassionate behavior, so honesty, generosity, kindness. Uh, can we integrate those into the Bridges Out of Poverty and Getting Ahead training? Well, as a member of the faith community, and if you're, you know, reading your word on a regular basis, if you look at the Bridges Out of Poverty research, the way that I often explain it is that it's the golden rule. You treat people the way you want to be treated and you shouldn't have an issue. Okay. 
So a lot of the things that you're talking about that you all are already doing are a big part of what this research is. Having not looked at your research or the program that you're doing, I, I can't say. Uh, for model fidelity, we, we, we recommend that you, you know, you follow the blueprint that we give you, keeping in mind that it's not a one size fits all. So that still gives you a lot of latitude to kind of uh, customize or to modify how you present it to best meet the needs in your community. Uh, okay. Uh, Nick says he's he lives near Charlotte and wanted to know if you accept referrals into your getting ahead classes. And if so, is there a way that um, you can he can get in touch with you? With uh, Nick, I'm going to pop my contact information up. And if you would jot that down and reach out to me and, and, and we have a conversation, uh, uh, I can answer that question for you. Uh, typically, what I prefer to do is to go through uh, agencies that are already serving these men and women. They've got the relationship. Uh, they've most likely offered some, uh, some training or some classes to these clients in the past. And they can tell me who's serious and who's not. Uh, from there, I'll do the orientation and then... Uh, Myself and my team, after the interviews, uh, we kind of pick uh, from there. Uh, what will happen to you sometimes, and you got to do that to protect yourself, because what you don't want to get is a group where everybody's at the same level. Uh, you want a group where people are at different uh, stages, because you're depending on them to kind of teach each other. So if everybody's low, then there's nobody in the group from day one to pull uh, anyone up. But if you have a good mixture of people, uh, some may be in situational poverty, which means that they've got college education. But because of the economic climate, they're underemployed or unemployed. These individuals' financial resources are, are low right now, but they already have knowledge of some of the skills that we're trying to, uh, to, uh, to, to share and to teach in this process. So that helps when you have uh, investigators teaching each other. Okay, someone asked, what if you can't get someone trained as a Bridges trainer and can't afford to bring in the expert? Does it mean you can't move ahead? Um, that is, I'll answer that question, and the answer for that one is definitely no. Uh, you can definitely move ahead. The online facilitator training for getting ahead is the requirement to be able to host the getting ahead to be able to facilitate the training, but that is an online training, um, and that's the only thing that's required. You do not have to be a certified Bridges trainer to facilitate getting ahead. Um, we do recommend that if you're planning on a larger scale program, that's what you would do, but um, the requirement to facilitate the training is the getting ahead facilitator training, and you can do that online. That's, a, that's the answer for that question. Mike, there's a question, and I apologize, it's someone that did not include their name. It's just listed as a guest. So um, the question is, I've been told there's a lack of trust if an African-American getting a head graduate is bonded with a Caucasian mentor, and have you found that to be true? Uh, I haven't experienced that here in my community. One of the things that uh, getting ahead does is that, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm representing the faith community. So talking to the individuals about really in order to get respect, you've got to get it 
And that means that you have to be able to build relationships and to coexist with people that are different from yourself. So, you know, uh, going through the getting ahead process, uh, some of those barriers that may be there initially are broken down. In the same token, it's typically going to be uh, individuals that are middle class or from wealth that are coming to the, uh, the Bridges Out of Poverty uh, workshops, and many of whom are, are, are wanting to uh, uh, serve as mentors. So making sure, too, that they understand their role is not to bail the person out if they've made a poor choice or to fix them, but to continue to uh, provide support through asking open-ended questions and being an advocate and linking them to resources is what's going to get you the best results. Oftentimes, uh, people in the faith community have good hearts, but they're naive. And one of the things that the uh, ongoing Bridges Out of Poverty workshop do is that it equips them to understand the mindset of the people that they may be encountering so that they don't get taken advantage of. Um, Liz has another question. says, we've had some individuals on getting ahead who, who are on disability uh, yet still benefit from the social integration and building social capital. Uh, do you have an opinion on having this group of people in the getting ahead groups? Well, there's a scripture that says that the poor will always be amongst us, and, and, and I would not dispute that. But I really think that that scripture are talking about individuals that have chronic uh, mental or physical uh, uh, illnesses, and uh, those that are disabled would certainly fall into that category. Those individuals, because of the hand that they've been dealt, may um, uh, uh, sometimes are going to require some form of public assistance for the majority of their life. However, uh, I don't disagree that by having the social interaction uh, that, uh, that there not, might not be some value add uh, for individuals that you know, fall into that category participating in the getting ahead classes. But if you got limited funds, you got to kind of really look at uh, the people that are applying and ask yourself, uh, who is this going to benefit the most? Uh, be careful when you're working with the Department of Social Services, because even though you tell them that you want a mixed group, they're usually going to try to give you the lowest and the most neediest clients that they have. And I found a lot of the times that those are individuals that have been chronically homeless or that are suffering from some learning disability or some kind of mental illness. And once again, if you don't stabilize certain variables, making sure that they have uh, uh, housing, uh, making sure that uh, if they have mental illnesses, that it's been diagnosed, and if medication has been prescribed, that they're on it, uh, that could be unproductive for them and unproductive and disruptive in your group. I like this last question. What can you say to sell bridges and getting ahead if your organizational leadership doesn't value it? because it doesn't directly result in a job or housing. Uh, I think if you look at uh, the reports, you can see that there is a correlation between uh, job retention and individuals that have been exposed to this research. Oftentimes, social services providers are preoccupied with uh, uh, interviewing skills and getting them a job. However, if you have not affected the mindset of the individual, uh, then what happens is that you may help them to get a job, but most of the time they don't keep it. Uh, Ruth Weirich has just published a, a book for the uh, uh, the business sector, uh, 
that addresses this. It costs them a lot of money every time they uh, have to uh, 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 let someone go, post a position, and hire somebody new. So getting that organization to look at uh, this is what you're spending right now and then maybe sharing research like that with them to see that they can get a better return on their investment if they just start um, including the bridges out of poverty and the getting ahead on the front end might be the solution to your problem. So Carol asked, uh, what resources are available to train mentors? One of the best ways to train your mentors is to have them to come to a Bridges Out of Poverty uh, workshop. If they can't do that, I would recommend that they read the book, Bridges Out of Poverty. If they do that, they've been exposed to the research. And when they're around other people that have read the book or that have been in uh, a workshop, they're speaking the same language and they'll be all be on the same page. Steve had asked a question about college course around getting ahead and we do have investigations into economic class which is um, a companion piece to getting ahead that is spe uh, specifically for higher education um, and it can and be done as a course yeah and uh, graduation rates and retention rates are very very important to uh, higher ed right now so if they have a high demographic of uh, students that are the first in their family to attend college, that investigation into uh, economic class is a uh, semester-long curriculum, facilitator's notes, as well as the uh, book for the participants would be a good tool or a good strategy to consider using to improve those uh, graduation and retention rates. Okay, here's the last question here. Um, my own experience as a getting ahead facilitator is uh, that racial barriers can be successfully surmounted when allies and mentors are well trained. Um, in the faith community, I use what every church member should know about poverty as the training tool. Mike, do you have anything you want to say at the end to wrap up? I do. Uh, one of the things that um, I've found is that oftentimes uh, the faith community churches will bring me in to do a Bridges Out of Poverty workshop uh, on a Saturday. And uh, then they actually let me uh, preach a sermon on the topic of poverty that Sunday. And that's helped a lot. You expose the congregation uh, to uh, uh, the research, but you also uh, point to the, the scriptures that really uh, command and direct us to serve the poor and, and to remind them of uh, who we're really doing it for. And that helps a lot. Please consider me to be a resource. Thank you so much once again for making the time to listen to today's webinar.